I don't know, I started running, I suppose I didn't stop. And when I got the chance to go, I said I'd still go. And so it opened up. We're running the small little fish out there, so we are, and uh, we're trying hard to make it through. But it's hard to get the breaks when you're the smaller fish. Because I love this county so much, you know. And it's just, I'm delighted that the lads, the lads did it for the people of Walford today because, like, I'm, heart, I'm heartbroken. I have to say it was a toss-up to start the show with Dungannon or Killadangan, and I suppose it came down to Dungannon waiting 64 years um, for a, another county title win, or Killadangan waiting 105 years because they'd never won it, um, Brian Carroll. So we had to go with the hurling first, and that's the way it is. Welcome back to the show, by the way. Oh, thanks, Willie. And what a bang to come back with. The hurling snobbery is back on its <laughs> What a day. Oh, well, it was a, br- it was a, it was a brilliant, brilliant game. There's no doubt about that. Like, I mean, you could say in normal time, Kiladangan completely threw it away. Like, dominated the game, really, didn't they? Oh, they did. And they were really would have been kicking themselves with all those wides. It's been a feature of their, their campaign this year. They've dominated a lot of their games. I've been watching them kind of closely. And... They've had a huge amount of wides in every single game. So they've kind of left teams in it and they certainly left Lockmore in it. And like Lockmore, really, obviously, the, the, the strength that they have, um, particularly brilliant players in Tuma McGrath and John Maher, obviously, but, um, you know, they almost picked them. So Kiladangan really would have been kicking themselves. They really would have been. We'll talk about the extra time because they kind of, they, they looked like they'd lost their legs then, Kiladangan, at that stage. But let's talk about this goal because this goal, this finish was just fairy tale so if you never would have seen it coming when that 65 was awarded I was like that's it that's game over you know good luck the goalie's going to be kicking himself for for miscontrolling it as it turns out the 65 goes over the bar the goalkeeper Barry Hogan and you can correct me if I'm right or wrong is he cheating or is a gamesmanship a little bit in that he didn't even go looking for a slitter he already had one in his hand to to blast it down for one more chance oh he did the right thing that's but is that allowed is that legal it is legal once the referee allows it. Now, it's very, <laughs> well, it's, it's, that's so my point is, is that it's a very quick poke out. Um, now he had he had allowed quick poke outs all day, so it wasn't like it was out of the ordinary. So I don't think Lockmore can have any complaints from that because they were very quick in their poke outs as well. It'd be frustrating if the referee just suddenly allowed one quick one out of the blue. But right. you know, he had allowed it from the whole game. Like Barry Hogan does what most tuned in goalkeepers do to have a ball in their hand ready to go and that's what gets those quick restarts going. I, so I, I thought, think, I I thought, thought that was brilliant from him yeah it, it was it definitely was and not to be beating himself up over miscontrolling it you know but I, I thought the, I thought the umpire hands the goalkeeper the, the ball um, yeah like they see that a lot in Crow Park but um, right. that's trying to make sure that there's consistency in the slitters but I suppose in the club game you don't have that issue just as much um, but you know, still keepers tend to do what they want to do a lot of the time. Um, but I have to say, I was delighted for Barry Hogan that he had such an influence on that last play. Like he obviously spilled that ball and went out over the over the end line yeah. for the sixty five. He also missed the penalty in last year's county final as well. You know that was a big moment. Um, now, albeit it was a brilliant save um, from the Bursley keeper, but still, uh, you know, it could have been real kind of heartbreak from two years running. Um, and then obviously the ball was poked down to Joe Gallagher and Joe kind of has been the, one of the talisman for Kiladangan for years. He worked really hard, but it was one of those days where nothing really was working for him. He probably dropped four or five balls out of his hand, but the one that he did catch happened to be the very last one. And it just was telling in the end because he just turned and ran at them. 
because up to that, like I already said this, John Maher was an absolute powerhouse in that, at centre-back there for, for um, Lochmore. Yeah, and then Brian McLaughlin, right? So, like, I mean, he's taken off after 44 minutes. This happened to me before. My head was not right now. When I was taken off and brought back on, it was in the middle of winter. I was freezing. In his, it, luckily enough for him, he's sitting there. He's still a little bit warm with a nice bit of sun on him and then comes back on and... Obviously, his head is completely right because he scores two unbelievable points and it hadn't been going well for him. He was drifting all over the field. And, he, you know, when you run around, a lot of the times, Brian, sometimes you're running everywhere where you're not supposed to be running. And he ends up scoring 1-2 after being brought back on the field. His goal, like, I know you're going for goal in that situation, but there's an argument here to be made to say tap that over. You're only a point down. Know. Yeah, I remember having this debate. Remember about John Latley and what should he have done in the All Ireland final? Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, but look, oh look, the joy of being young, isn't it? Like just can see nothing else. Corner forward, goal on the mine, and boy, God, did he stick it in the top corner? But you're right, he got two great points as well. He's probably the point. I think it was to draw it up at one stage off his left hand side, off out the field. It's probably a poor clearance from Lockmore. You know, show great composure. Um, it, you know, you said it. It's fairy tale stuff from him. You know, turned it around. He was off the field for over thirty minutes. Yeah, a day. he went off in the forty-fourth minute. Came back on in the seventy-fourth minute. I know there probably would have been a couple of minutes injury time as well. So it was a long time for him to be sitting on the line. But um, yeah, you definitely have to do that maybe a little bit better when you're younger. But he showed great, probably kahunas to go for that ball at the very end and stuck it. Yeah, like I mean, I'm not messing when that like. Uh... I, I didn't have any favourite really in that game. I was actually just cheering on both because I, I, if either team won, I would have been equally. It didn't bother me at all. But when, I, when that goal went in, I don't know, my head just dropped down for the Lockmore lads. Like, oh, there, and there's no hope then to even get a chance to get it back. Like, that is the last puck of the game. He's gone for a goal. And Brian says after the game, it's a great time to be alive and be a Kiladangan man. Like, I mean, it's just like, uh, look, just because of the excitement of the final, you would be equally as heartbroken for Lockmore as you would be happy for Kiladangan for winning and for the first time ever. I think that's a fair statement. Yeah, like, look, you have to admire Lockmore too, and you don't want to be patronised or anything, but they're, they're a serious club. You know, Lockmore and Castellani obviously joined up. Big, big GA club, hurling and football. Like, they're in the football county final next week as well. You know, the last one, the Hurling 2013, but like they did the double a few years previous as well. So they're a serious outfit and the, and the interchange between Hurling and football, even in training. So yeah. I'll just tell you that the quality that they have as individuals, let alone as actual players. So you would you would feel for them. And you see Noel McGrath, like he was absolutely distraught yeah. at the end, you know, and, and lying down on the ground. But amazingly, you know, and not, you know, if it had gone to a draw, we were hitting, we we're heading for penalties. Like, you know, that would have been mental altogether in the county final. Yeah, no, it definitely was. But you would say, like we said at the start, Kiladangan looked like the better team. Like, Kiladangan really impressed me. Like, I mean, they're, they, I, I tweeted during this game that they looked like they had two or three extra players on the field. Like, Lockmore couldn't get a second on the ball, but they were being swarmed. You know, the, those two Flins looked like two sensational players. Um, Paul got seven points. Alan got three, and I think he was marking Noel McGrath, was he? For for yeah, a lot of he the was game? marking Noel McGrath for definitely for the most. It's very hard to tell, obviously, yeah. if he followed him for an end because definitely in the first half he dominated Noel. Noel came into it more, obviously went out around the middle third and, and maybe got his influence on on the game and um, started to pop over a few points and obviously got that fantastic score at the end. But you know, Alan Flynn obviously is really pushing for that Tipperary team. He's been tried cornerback. He's been tried wing back. He's a serious ball player um, and obviously has great elasticism as well. But, uh, you know, Paul Flynn almost went about, like, what a captain's role, but almost went about his task 
real quiet and nonchalant. Nonchalant, yeah. yeah. Like there's a real confidence about him, but there, there, there's no rush on him. <laughs> you know that kind. No, of... yeah. He just kind of popped over a few points, and one of the points he got, I think, um, Lockmore were gone two in front and out under the stand, right in the middle of the field, off his left hand side. You know, it's where he was stroking it over from about twenty five yards. He was like seventy yards out on the sideline, and bang over the bar. Um, brilliant, brilliant performance. Because I was raving, same as yourself, I was raving about Alan Flynn. Then I was like, oh, hold on a second. Uh, Paul Flynn's burning it up here as well. Yeah, exactly. Two incredible, like the two McGraths were brilliant again. Noel especially uh, was outstanding. Two incredibly uncharacteristic wides, even though they scored spectacular points, which are equally as important. John from a free and Noel from play at the end of normal time. Yeah, and that... One from play from Noel, like that was game over. Yeah, if he did, that put two. Was, that would have put two in it, wouldn't it? That was put two in it. Yeah, so it was, you know, it, it's mad, and it was straight in front of the goal as well. Like it was like for Noel McGrath, he usually scored out with his eyes closed. I'm sure he's for as good as game as he had. We've all been there. You'd still be kicking yourself over that one. Um, but then look, obviously he still turned around. And he drew that game up with a wonder point out in the side. Line. Yeah. Um, but you're right, you know, John McGrath missed that free. He missed another free in, in, I think it was in the first half as well. It just shows um, it's really, really difficult to score every single free that you take. You know, um, uh, Billy Seymour missed a couple for Killadangan as well. Now, a couple of them were long range, but, um, you know, he missed one out underneath the, the, the understand, what we call the new stand in Turles. Um, as well that you'd expect him to score so he kind of had an off day at the freeze as well yeah no definitely definitely. I think Hilladangan will be around for a while though with the age profile of that team they really impressed me yeah <clears throat> look I think in fairness to Tipperary Championship it's it's a brilliantly competitive championship you know like Bursley just barely got over Hilladangan last year you can see Drummond Inch were able to turn over Bursley this year albeit yeah. after extra time and penalties you know, Turles Sarsfields are always there. You have Lockmore Castellani, you have Nina Ayrog, who murdered um, Turles Sarsfield and then got murdered themselves by Lockmore. So, look, there's there's a seriously competitive uh, Tipperary club championship. And, um, I, you know, I, I suppose we've had two fairy tale stories in that championship the last two years of Bursley winning it the first time since 86, and then obviously Kildangan finally winning their first ever. And both of those teams went the hard way about doing it because they had lost you know, finals on a couple of occasions going into into the one that they finally won. So, you know, Killingen, what I have to say though, their use of the ball was excellent. Even when they were under pressure, play a very short, you know, passing style game, not afraid to play the ball around in the back line until it till they get the opportunity to deliver. They've serious athleticism all over the field. And it looked like, and you said this already yourself, it looked like in the second half their legs were starting to go, but also those passes were starting to be overhit or underhit even on, on some occasions. And like their system was starting to break down, but they just found a way. Somehow they found a way. Yeah, they definitely did. So in Dublin, Cooler retained their title. Um, they beat Ballyboden yesterday, and the man taking over the scoring duties from Con is on the line now. Sean Moran, how's the head today? That's good, yeah. Never been better. Never been better. Yeah, we're absolutely delighted, yeah. Yeah, so that's five and six years, so it's not bad going. Yeah, it's good going, yeah. Five and six years. We've we've had we've had um you know, a good run of things over the last while. So we, we this year we just wanted to, to make sure that we, we made that fifth or we got that fifth. And yeah, we're just absolutely thrilled that in, in kind of a in a difficult year we can we were able to, to achieve it as well. So it was a very exciting final. Like, I mean, your penalty was the big score. We'll get to that in a minute. But, like, I mean, the two big teams in Dublin over the last maybe 15 years, Ballyboden and yourselves, you'd never played in a final before. Yeah, they, they I think, had won five in a row, I think, in around 2007, maybe 2007, 8, 9, 10, 11, in around that time. And then 
yeah, we kind of over the last kind of number of years, we we've kind of had a, a good bit of success. But yeah, we've never crossed paths in the final. We played, I think, twice in quarterfinals. We they beat us once. We beat them once in the quarterfinal. Um, but other than that, yeah, I don't think we've played each other in knockout in knockout hurling. So it was, um, yeah, it was it was it was nice to be able to, to you know go up against them and, and kind of put both our legacies on the line and really really um, yeah just just kind of battle out against kind of the two of the kind of best teams over the last number of years. And, and yeah. Who's the big dog? Basically, was what you were fighting for. Yeah, yeah, kind of. They kind of had in some respects. Um, um, the kind of the two, the two most successful teams of the last while. So, yeah, it was a big. It was a big game. It was. It was. It was a. It was a very tough match. Um, but uh, we did enjoy that we came out, came out on top. Did you think you were in trouble at at one point? You were six down. Like I mean, it's only in the first half, but. Yeah, I think even at one point we might have been seven down. Um, yeah, we we kind of started slow. We they they. They really dominated on our, on our puck out. I think they got a good few scores from our puck out, and they were winning breaks around their half back line. And we were kind of struggling to get, kind of to get a bit of a flow or, or kind of really, really settle into the game. And uh, no, we never really panicked though. We kind of knew we just, we just it's kind of the cliche if you're going to stick to your process. But we, we just knew if we just had to keep going and if if we could stay in the match and we could kind of stay around. I think we brought it back to four half time. So. We were happy with how we had played. We were, we weren't happy with how we played, but we were happy with where we were at halftime, considering how we played. Um, and we knew if we kind of just kept slowly picking away at it, that if we stayed in this, that coming down the stretch, I think youth was probably on our side. So we we knew that we could maybe we'd have the legs coming coming down at the end of the match. Right, an incredible stat was you scored two twenty from twenty four chances. I don't know if you're aware of that because I was watching Kiladangan yesterday, and they had ten wides in the first half alone. Like, I mean, it was incredible how many wides they had. Two twenty from twenty four chances. Jeez, yeah, actually, no, I didn't realise that. Yeah, that's good and uh, good scoring. And I think it was one of the key key points we wanted to improve on. I know against Lucan in our semi final, we had uh, we probably hit ten wides in the first half ourselves. So we yeah, we knew that if we were gonna. Ha- if we're going to beat Valley Bowden, we had to have really, we'd be really efficient with our shooting. And um, yeah, thankfully we were. So the penalty, like I was saying, was a huge score. You were a point down with 10 minutes to go. Um, Con was fouled. Con continued on and stuck it in the back of the net. Um, you're stepping up for the penalty. Are you thinking, why the feck didn't that ref just give that uh, goal? And I, I wouldn't know. have to be under this pressure. I know. Wouldn't be in that situation. I know. We were pleading with them to go, but I think he said his whistle had gone just before Con had we were playing this, you know, advantage should have been played and balls in the back of the net. But then uh, I knew then that this would be, you know, if if to, to get kind of that goal that's allowed and then it's, you know, the only thing that was going through my head then was like, well, make sure that that goal stands and we can, we can then really try to see this game out and we can, we can really put, make a big push. Uh, so yeah, thankfully, um, again, yeah, being in that situation, um, it's one of those ones just going to hit it low, hit it hard and, Hope that the keeper doesn't doesn't save it really. Uh, and again, yeah, I saw it in the Pearsig goalkeeper guess um, on Saturday night. I don't know if you were watching that game. He, or yeah, for the Dune uh, penalty, are goalkeepers starting to do that in hurling now? Because there's no chance you've got you've all got so used to that penalty now from the twenty one that probably their only chance of getting to it is to do like soccer maybe and go across. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't see that game, but uh, yeah, you're seeing it probably a bit more. Keeper, they might take a step or two to the side, maybe to. You know they'll 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 uh, hedge their bets and maybe try to close down one side of the goal. But um, I I don't think Finn McGarry guessed. I don't think uh, my my penalty was it was fairly central. It wasn't it wasn't in the corner at all. Right. But it was um it was maybe halfway between the, the middle and, and the left post. But, so it was just um, power. It was just power. But like I mean, the power you were able to get into those strikes. Like I mean, we know you're known for those 
um, closing goals when Hamani's on the goal line then loads you've done it in all Ireland finals like I mean is, is that just is that just hit it as hard as you can or would you pick a spot oh it's completely just hit it as hard there's, there's, there's very little thought that goes into it it's kind of you might have a general direction, but you're when there's that many. If you're trying to get it past that many, it's, it's the power is what will probably win out more often than if you're able to put it in the corner. Um, if it's slower, you know. Um, so yeah, again, I was just trying to focus on the strike and hoping that the result would take care of itself. So I, I was thinking, even with the freeze now, not the penalties, that maybe you might aim for in between two fellas to maybe confuse which of them is going to go for it or something like that. Yeah, the odd time you can, I think, but I tend to try to hit them, maybe get a bounce or try to get an awkward bounce in front of them or, or something like that. That can kind of, that's worked in the past a few times. Um, but yeah, you, you could, or kind of, you know, it, it, you definitely, for those ones, you need, look has to be on your side. It's definitely, it's something that you, that you need, you need to rub the green when, when you're taking those. Ones. Um, but yeah, it's, it's kind of a number of things that come into play. And I guess, depending on the situation, you might do something different. Right. Okay. So you scored two, three in the final. You're in the forwards for Kula now. I have to say, um, I thought you were a converted forward this year, but as it turns out, you were a forward before you were ever a centre back. I was. Yeah, I was a forward actually up until I went to college. The UCD. I played freshman UCD. That was the first time I ever played as a back in my life. And then I was kind of been a back since then. I think that's kind of when it coincided with when I came on to the Kula senior team and then went with Dublin. So. I was kind of always a back, so I, I'd kind of been slowly, you know, putting those thoughts in maybe in Willie's head, you know, let him know that you know I can I can play up in the fours if you need me up there type of thing. Um, so uh, it was going to be tried in a few challenge matches, and it, it kind of happened by accident in the Dublin Championship, to be honest. Um, against I I played you know all of the group games at centre back, and then Bridget, so I was I was I think named and started in corner forward, and I was going to. We were going to wait after five minutes, and I was going to kind of come around in the middle of the field. But we were—we actually started that game very well, and we were—we were on top. So we said, "Listen, we'll just we'll just leave things where they are." And I kind of stayed in there, and that kind of then I stayed up in the forwards for most of the game, and then the same same with with Luke and, and in the in the semi final, and again again yesterday. Right. Okay. Because, like, I mean, just from reading match reports, I didn't see those games. Um, they weren't televised. Like, I mean, one day you're kind of picked in the team sheet as a wing forward. The other, then you're in the corner. Where have you been lining out in the forwards, and what was your role? Uh, it was. We kind of. Like, I think team sheets these days now kind of gone out the window. With yeah, you know, you'll, you'll have people with all sorts of numbers in their backs lining out in different positions. But we, I think, w- one of the big strengths we have is just kind of how fluid we can be and how you know. Different people can do different roles, and, and it can you can really you can add some confusion to the to the opposing team, and um it, you know there's a lot more movement involved. So I think I was kind of moving around between maybe in full forward or in the wing, and we tried to you know get just get into nice great pockets for for ourselves, and then leave maybe if we can get get a mismatch or get the the matchups that we want, and then we can kind of attack attack from those positions. And so it's kind of kind of a bit all over really, to be honest. Right. Okay. And what was the story about you kind of edging to get back into forwards? Were you getting bored of uh, centre back? I have to say, you have a lovely role at centre back for Dublin. You have a, a you have a lovely free role. I know. That, that's fairy tale stuff. Maybe you don't have that role for Kula. <laughs> I just I think I had said it before here. I think we was one a challenge after played at the start of the year uh, against Dixborough, and uh, there's like we're just going to try open the forwards to see um, to see how it goes. So I played centre forwards and and kind of nearly running around like a head of chicken for a lot of the game and kind of nearly forgetting how to play as a forward but um, slowly that came back and it was just kind of something we tried yeah I kind of said you know 
we have we have a lot of like you know, we have a lot of players and even at our backs like Darius O'Connell's played in the forwards this year. So is Jake, Sean Tracy's played in the, they've all played in the forwards this year. So we kind of have a, like a lot of players who can play in different positions and um, this kind of just how it, how it fell this year. And you never know who'll be back in the backs yet, or you never know might be might be converting up to the forwards. You never know. But I, I I was interested that when you were a forward. Um, it was when you were coming up to the ranks. And like you said, you went to UCD, but you weren't making the Dublin minors. You were too small. I was reading an interview that you did in the Independent. You were too small and you were too slow, which was a combination which is not ideal for anybody. No, it's not, it's not a great, not great outfit to have if you're trying to, <laughs> trying to be a hurter. Yeah. yeah, no, I I didn't know. I was I was kind of always, like, on the fringes of a lot of, like my skill level was always decent, but yeah, it was like I said, you were, I was slow and I was I was small. Like I only grew to be honest when I was probably seventeen. I think I grew probably a foot in a year or so. Really? But I was always yeah. I was always tiny. I was very. I was like one of the, the smallest in the team the whole way up. And then I kind of grew. I think kind of just before the leaving sort of I, I I hit a bit of a growth spurt. And um, yeah, then I guess so. Yeah, never involved. Never involved with with minor. I think I had. I then I played a bit at under twenty one with Dublin. And we didn't have very successful years in our under twenty one campaigns. But um and then soon after that then I was in I was in the with um with the senior team, yeah. But no, never never a minor. Right, never a minor. And like I mean then how, how did you like you, you mentioned that you had the growth spurt, but that's not gonna fix your speed. How did you you know we know you have a good sidestep, like I mean, but how did you work on your speed? I think there's been like a huge emphasis recently kind of on kind of like the sports science side of things, like you see, like before, there's there's very much um a bit a huge like uh, emphasis put on like you know your functional movement and all this, and you have SNCs coach, you know, who they're very educated and they know exactly kind of what what they what the information and the kind of the training that they need to to you know um for for each of the players for them to improve in the areas they want. Like we had Clean O'Connor, she was in with Kula, um back when Matty was a manager and she kind of she kind of introduced this whole new thing of like or like our kind of running technique and power and all this and like other coaches throughout the years as well they would have and they would have done done similar and like Darren who's in with us now is our S&C this year they put a lot of put a lot of emphasis on kind of like your technique the power you generate and kind of it kind of just comes a practice you know and practicing and I guess when 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 I grew a bit it kind of probably helped as well and, and put a bit was able to put a bit more um, size on that. That also helps, and it kind of just it kind of comes with time, I guess, in, in some cases. Right, right. So, like, I mean, the longer legs obviously maybe help. They help now. By no means fast at this stage now. Let me I'm not, I'm not get any, <laughs> any notions, but uh, I know it's 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 um, it's something that yeah, I definitely have. I've tried to work on myself because I I did identify it as a weakness in my game. So it was something that I, I did try to work on. Right. Is there is there any bit of frustration? I know you've won the, the county championship, but you've won, like I said, you've won five in six years. And like, I mean, when you're double All-Ireland champions, you know, like, I mean, is there a frustration there this year that you can't go on? Because I'm looking at it now. See you coming out of Dublin. See you coming out of Dublin. See Ballyhale maybe coming out or Dixborough coming out of Kilkenny. Then you have Napiershig, you have Ballygunner, you have Kiladangan who look you know, brilliant uh, yesterday. I'm sure you're looking at those big super clubs like yourself being a super super club going, wouldn't it be fantastic to to see who'd come out on top of all of this? Yeah, it would be great. It'd be great to have another another crack at, you know, maybe get another Leinster, another All Ireland. It would be 
it'll be something we'd love to do. Yeah, but unfortunately, that's it doesn't look like that's what's going to be happening this year. And um, yeah, we would love it, but it, like Dublin was always our, our first goal. It's always our goal every year. Now we'd only we'd only have that opportunity if 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 um, we win Dublin. That was our focus. But yeah, now you'd love to go on and kind of. Yeah, it seems like a lot of the big big name teams have, have come out of their respective counties. So it will be great, yeah, to have a to have a nice provincial and, and all Ireland championship ahead of us. But unfortunately, it's not to be. Yeah, Slough Nail and Dunloy actually up in Ulster would be a good one too. So there's loads yeah. of uh, there's loads of great games. It is a pity. But what can you do if you when are you back in Dublin? I presume Matty will be giving you um, a few days off. Nothing major. Yeah, we'll, we'll take a few days off, and then I, I guess we'll, we'll integrate back in then slowly in the coming week. Um, Back, uh, yeah, to get to kind of refocus and, and redirect the focus now to the county scene, um, and yeah, just integrate back in. Be good to go back in eventually and like see the guys you haven't seen in a while, and you know get a catch up with them, and, and uh, yeah, and then kind of kick things off for the, I guess the the new the new county championship, yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I know you know Matty well, so it wouldn't be out of place for you to text him last night. Two, three, Matty, just leaving it out there. Just uh, <laughs> leave that with you. I might, I might send him that, yeah, yeah. <laughs> send, it, send it tonight if you have a couple of jars Food later on, you can get out, you can yeah. get out of it. Food for thought, just ponder on that, Matty. I'll leave that with you. Yeah. <laughs> Come here, Sean, I'll leave, I'll, I'll leave you go. Thanks very much for taking the call. Right. I know you've got something else to be doing today. No worries. Thanks, Michael. Take care. What do you think of that, Brian? Sean Moran in the forwards. It's definitely an interesting one. He's been edging to get back up there, which I was uh, surprised about. So we'll have to watch this space and see what happens for the for the Dublin team this year. Yeah, most hurlers want to play centre-back, so that's amazing, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> you know, I, was, so, I that. <laughs> have it all facing in front of you. Um, and obviously, know what you're at, but uh, oh, look, it, I think he's just a wonderful talent. He's 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 a giant of a man, but he, he's a brilliant temperament on top of everything else. You know, he saved Kula um, in that All-Ireland drawn game a couple of years ago in Crow Park with that that uh, 21 to, to get them to uh, extra time. And um, I just think he's he's a fantastic hurler. He's shown, I suppose, over the last couple of seasons how good he is, not just for Kula, but also for Dublin. And I suppose this year he's shown probably the rest of the country that he can actually hurl up the field as well. Look, he he you know he says himself that he's had a lot lot there underage, but uh, uh, look, I I just think I I'd have huge admiration for him. I think he's a real class act. I think he'd walk onto any team in the country. Ah, uh, he would, and he's a gentleman as well. I was thought it was interesting when he said that when he's taken those frees and all you mentioned the All Ireland final one that he's not picking a spot. He's concentrating on power. Like I mean, would every hurler be like that, or would that be unique to him? Um. Yeah, I suppose. Look, first and foremost, you have to get your your strike right. Uh, like, uh, look, everyone has a look at the line. You're trying to avoid the keeper. I think. Um, I think that's the first and foremost. Usually in the twenty one, the keeper comes out. You know, those extra couple of yards, yeah. and you're trying to avoid them because keepers fancy that. You know, and if you go high near them at all, keepers should be blocking it. But uh, look, it's working for him. Who might the question what he's doing? Uh, he finds a way somehow as well. He's a obviously a tremendous poke of a ball. Um, to be able to take those 21s um, and you know look if that's what's working for him he's not going to change it is he yeah no definitely not come here Saturday night the Piercing hammered doing like this did, it wasn't a 27 point game I didn't think 5.27 a record in the Limerick County uh, final like I mean incredible score to run up you'd, you'd almost feel sorry for doing it at the end and there was an element of them throwing in the towel at the end it was just e- too easy towards the end but look they're a young team and you know they'll learn I'm sure from that David Dempsey scored two goals that would you know grace any pitch 
in the whole country. The first one, I want to mention his goals because that was when the game was close. His first one before half time, my God, an absolute brilliant goal. And then his second one, the control on the hurl, Brian, and flick it in past the goalkeeper all in one go after a great pass. Oh, he was immense the other day. And yeah. showed how what skill he has as well. Because, you know, usually... You know, you look at Dave Dempsey, and might say, ah, he's big and he's rangy, he's strong in the air, you know, whatever. Yeah, he's more you know, rangy he's, than big, isn't he? Y- yeah, but he's so much more than that. Like, yeah. geez, as you said, that first goal, pick it out. Top corner, couldn't be any much more top corner. Um, oh, brilliant. And then, as you said, the control, the vision of the fir- of the pass in the first place, but the control and the finish, um, you know, there was nothing the Dune keeper could do about that. But you'd have to feel sorry for Dune. You know, like, they get, they get to the county final... They go the hard way about doing it, and then they're missing, obviously, Richie English and Dara Donovan. And I know you can say on the flip side of it that Shane Dowling and Kevin Downs is missing for Napiersi, but Napiersi have an unbelievable pick, yeah. an unbelievable squad. They've often played and won big games without those two players. You know, they're just, they're a relentless force, Napiersi. Like, that's how strong they are. Um, they're they're brilliant. Doing a small, rural, rural enough area, you know what I mean? Really trying, they've lost a couple of county finals now as well. You know, they need everyone if they're to have any fighting chance. But Napiersik just, they just blew them out of the water. Like, um, they're used to the ball. Um, fantastic. Uh, you know, coming out, you know, very, very similar to Limerick. Because they're well able to play the ball yeah, through the lines I was going and, to, then, I was, and then find space inside. I was going to say that. They're the Limerick, Limerick team of Limerick hurling, if you know. The, the Limerick yeah. club team, that's the style they go for. Yeah, definitely. You know, and Willow Donahue obviously making things take Ronan Lynch there, centre back as well. Like you have Mike Casey at full back, his chest, if that gets any bigger. <laughs> but wouldn't it wouldn't it be unbelievable? <laughs> wouldn't you love to see him marking Colin Fennelly in a in a club match? Because no one can handle Colin Fennelly, his physicality, yeah. but Casey be well able to stick that chest into him. And Casey was the only one that ever kind of kept Conor Callan quiet for, for some period of time as well, over those couple of draw um that drawn all Ireland and even in the replay, kept him quiet for a while, but obviously Con's class came to the fore for a finish. So, ah, look, he's he is deadly. It's one of those years, and and I don't know if it was a Jew tweet, but someone tweeted about like wh- what a year it would have been for club championship. Yeah, you know, Len- like Leinster and Munster. Yeah, you probably had a couple of teams absolutely coming to their peak. You know, you have the Pearsing obviously blowing them away. You have Bally Gunner, like they seem to be relentless. Obviously, at this stage, you yeah, know, seven or eight county finals in a row. They're hurting after last year. You know, in, in, in Leinster, then you have Kula, you know, same thing, brilliant team, but they'd be hurting after last year and they'd, they'd be mad to get a crack of Ballyhale if they come out, out of Kilkenny. Um, we better not be presumptuous and assume that Kilkenny or that Ballyhale will beat Dixburg because anything's possible in that Kilkenny championship as well. Yeah, no, that's true. And then I, I was tweeting that and somebody put, correctly pointed out to me Slotnail versus Dunloy is an incredible game in Ulster as well. Like, I mean, it's. It, I'm not going to complain because we're just glad we had the club championship. Yes, but at the same exactly. at the same time, there's too much, too many questions left unanswered here after all these finals. <laughs> yeah, no, look, I, I, I agree with you. And just to go back to the Slotnail uh, Dunloy, like, Slotnail are a serious outfit. I was lucky enough to see them. In the Ulster final last year, oh, against yeah. Dunlai, and get, like, yeah. they destroyed Dunlai in that final. Now, and that's and, and like, I'm, and that's why it would be mouthwatering to see them come up against each other again, because Dunlai wouldn't have been happy with the performance last year because they're a really good outfit too. Um, and you know, Shock Neil though are as good as any team out there. You know, so it, you're right. Like, there's there's serious teams, serious club teams out there at the moment. Um, 
and it is it is a pity, but as you said, we can't complain. We're just delighted to have have some GEA, and I suppose all we can do now is look forward to the to the inter county season coming back. Yeah, exactly. David Dempsey, um, his assist for the last goal was incredible too, an absolute bullet um, across the yeah. goal. When he could have gone for a goal himself, they were really just kind of they were showing up. I don't mean showing off in a bad way, but they were showing how good they were kind of at that stage. Willow Dunne, who gave a bit of an insight into um, where that performance came from, they obviously lost the final last year, then lost the first round this year um and he says people were very quick to throw it around and push it in our faces so i think a lot of people got their answer tonight fairly strong words from will right um he said everyone was mad to push it at us at kieran birmingham in a tg cahar interview shane dowling in i think that was in an rt interview to question our hunger so i hope everyone knows we're alive and kicking isn't it gas what what teams our individual players will get their motivation from, you know, just somebody saying, geez, Napiršić could be gone. That's enough to really anger those top club teams. We'll show them. Yeah. I uh, Don't you love that? Like, I suppose... I every, love it, yeah. Every, every team needs... Look, sure, David Fitz is the master of that, isn't he? Um, do you know, um, you know, get, get an agenda, really drive it home. And I know we were always at in Coleri for a couple of years, uh, you know, or they say we're too old. You know, that kind of way. And right. we still won a couple of county finals at Unfortunately, we are too old now. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, for a few years, we got we got a bit. Is this a we or I'm? <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, maybe me. Sorry, yeah. <laughs> no, but we got two county finals out of that. You know, we won fifteen and eighteen out of almost that like yeah. that uh, agenda. Do you know that kind of way? So like a siege whatever mentality. it takes. Yeah, that siege mentality. You know, whatever it takes, I suppose, from from their perspective. Um, because obviously we're all motivated and we all want to win county titles, but sometimes you just need that extra edge and that kind of, you know, reason to really push yourself that extra bit more. You'll, you'll, you'll do it kind of for the group um, a lot quicker than almost sometimes you'll do it for yourself. So, you know, that, that is great. And look how many times have we heard it before, but uh, even as you said, the great team of Napiersi, you know, bring that siege mentality to it as well. Yeah, fantastic. So a result in the Galway Hurling Championship semi-final, Turlock Moore 217, Lockray 117. I think Lockray were slight favourites going into this one. Not too much to say in this one other than Dahi Burke. I saw a tweet from David Connors from the Tume Herald. Full-back, centre-back, wing-back, midfielder and now ball-winning full forward. Man-marking or playboy our playmaker high ball or low ball Dahi Burke is an unbelievable hurler athlete and competitor he was a target man full forward yesterday for Turlock Moore um, like I mean is there anything this man can't do never mind um, multiple All-Irelands for Corrafin as a midfielder or a wing back or wherever you want to play him as well like I mean yeah. is, is there a more talented all-rounder than this man oh he's phenomenal isn't he and look so strong as well and that clip, and I saw that on Twitter as well, and you know, we're, we're talking about that, and people check it out because his vision and his stick work, you know, he caught a ball over on, say, the right side, maybe around the 13, well, it was in around full forward, but caught a great ball, and while falling, you know, hit the ball back against himself, picked out the other corner forward to rifle into net. It was just a brilliant piece of skill. Um, and, you know, Dottie Burke probably, people throw it out there, oh, he's full back, he's a bit of a dog, you know, he, he marks tight, he's strong in the air. He's he's a lot more than that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Look, you don't get four all stars in a row at full back for for no reason. Like you know, he's he's um he's he's all those things that's been described in that tweet. Do but, you know what I mean? And, 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 as you said, he, he's just brilliant. In any unlike Gaelic football, in hurling, any good fielding fullback can become a good fielding target man full forward, right? In theory, yeah, yeah. Suppose look, he'll be a massive hand, hand, handful. 
The only thing about, um, obviously, it's totally different as a forward and a back, because generally what a back does is let the forward go first. Do you know what I mean? And the back is able to come in behind and play you. You know, play down your arms, play down your head with a nice strong elbow or whatever. Um, play the hurl and try and catch it over, over your head from behind. JJ is the first you think of from that perspective. Um, and, and the back has the kind of, has that chance to to let you go up first because you have to go to it. Whereas obviously in the forward line, it's a little bit harder to do that. So to go out and catch a ball in front is is a little bit more difficult. You know, a lot of teams have tried that, thrown up a big full forward. It might work at times, but it, look, a, a high ball is still a backsman's ball, essentially. Yeah. So, you know, as a forward, even as a small man myself, you'd be, you'd be half hoping that the back would be going up so you can come in from the side. Um, so it is a little bit harder. It's not just a straight forward. Just throw them up there and hope hope that they do it. But the thing is, when they do catch it, um, it's very, very hard to contain. Um, exactly. Another shout out here has to go to our own JJ Glenn. You're just after mentioning him there because I completely missed this. Um, last Monday and Thursday wasn't really a time for it. They've avoided relegation, um, or they've been in the final for eight of the last nine years or something crazy. And then director stick of Ballyragged down from senior, Ballyragged went to intermediate, yeah, and now the Fenians are after putting them down into junior. Yeah, you'd have to feel for, for Ballyragged for starters, they're after free falling, obviously. They were so close to qualifying for the like you tweeted about this a while ago, like the Kilkenny Club Championship is ruthless, yeah, you know. Like they went from being a poke of a ball to qualifying for a quarter final, which would have put them in strong place to obviously go on and try and win that intermediate championship back to going into a relegation semi final, lost that, lost the relegation final, um, last minute goal more or less. Fenians found a way. Um, well, oh yeah, so you, as I said, you'd feel a little bit for Ballyragget, but as you said, it's eight out oh, nine times. Is that what you said? Like, Something that's... crazy where JJ, and I think JJ caught yeah. the last ball of the game, which wouldn't be out of character. Um, for no, him. But then, yeah, you'd have to say Bally Ragged haven't been the same team since Fifi got her hands on him that that night. In, uh... <laughs> <laughs> it just hasn't been the same. Zone. It just hasn't been the same, 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 uh, same, same players. Another tweet I want to draw your attention to is Shane McGrath on Owen Kelly. Um, how do we know class is permanent? In 2002, Owen Kelly scored 2-7 to help um, Mullen O'Hone win the county final. Today, 18 years later, he scored 2-5 to help them win the Seamus O'Rean county final. What's the Seamus O'Rean county final, uh, Brian? And how important uh, is this? Is this intermediate? Yeah, I know it, it is. No, it's senior B, to be fair, temporary. So they have 16 teams in senior A and 16 teams in senior B. So they won the senior B championship, which puts them up, obviously, to the senior A. Um, I think the two of them. I'm not not 100. No, there's only one team qualifying this year. Yeah, going up, um, to senior A. Um, usually in a Tipperary Championship, that would qualify them for a quarter final or into the knockout stages of the county quarter final. Tipperary system is usually quite intricate. They still have all the four divisions. Those winners come into it. The group stage is still playing to it. So it's quite a complex, um, system that Tipperary usually have, where they actually just with COVID, um, got rid of all the the divisionals. And they just had to straightforward four groups of four county championships in both A and B. And the B winners don't progress any further. So oh, okay. still, still a big win, though, for Mullinahone. You know, they've been down B now for quite a while, a few years, you know what I mean? Um, and, and a big, big win. And they've won some big games. Laura have, you know, same thing. They've been down in B for, for a good few years as well. Um, and they had they had hurled some fantastic games this year, so that was a, a great um, senior B final in Tipperary. And Kelly just showed his class, I suppose. Like the two goals, obviously doing the rounds on Twitter. The first one, um, you know, give give a ball to Owen Kelly on his right hand side, 
21 meters out, there's only going to be one one uh, outcome. <laughs> you know what I mean? Just the power, you know, the power in the shot he's able to um, get. And the second one then, that's what I'm talking about, a high ball. He just came in from the side, showed the experience, caught it over his head. But even for a man that clearly isn't in the shape he used to be, swivel of the hips and a brilliant finish. Low into the bottom corner, didn't try to take the net out of it. And just, um, just brilliant precision to put it down in there. So look, Kelly is class. There's no doubt about it. He's one of the greatest that's ever played for Tipperary, if not arguably the greatest. So definitely of this generation anyway. Um, and just, I suppose, capping off his career. But I suppose now he'll have to go up and hurl another year up. At <laughs> There's no end to it. Before we go, I want to give a shout out to the blonde girl that the cameras kept going to in Central <laughs> Stadium uh, yesterday. Jordan. You know the way a, a camera director kind of it happens in soccer and all sports to see a good looking girl in the stand and to keep going back and showing her or whatever this girl would need an ice bat after that game uh, Brian she must have been a girlfriend wife or a sister of one of the players because that girl poked every single ball in the game and she definitely deserves a house sh- a shout out on the hurling show oh definitely look um, she's clearly good looking that was that was a big uh, draw for the PG cameraman <laughs> that got it. but what I will say is it was actually brilliant because she went through every single range of emotion everything of, yeah. of the match because it was like biting the nails praying to God <laughs> the foot was celebrating the, for a finish the foot was twitching yeah. then and another, another I actually like she added to my excitement of the game <laughs> big hit on, on Twitter as well oh so, was she uh, <laughs> so um I know it was brilliant. It actually did capture the day, so it was actually class. Capture the emotions of it. We have to find out who she was. Did anyone on Twitter find out who she was, or what was her connection uh, to any of the players? Uh, I didn't come across yet. I'm sure. I'm sure there's plenty of lads sniffing around and trying to find out. See, that's you. You're just searching blonde girl on Twitter, you see, and you're coming across this stuff. You see, I'm not kind of. I'm not doing that kind of stuff, Ryan. That's your problem. <laughs> Easy now. <laughs> All right. On that very controversial point, we'll come back and we'll talk about the football next. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. Let's chill the beans. Beans. Let's chill the beans. There still is a lot of work to be done yet. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. But I tell you, give us a year, a year and a bit. Just give us a small bit of time. Just give us a small bit of time. Let's chill the beans. So as mentioned at the start, Conan Dungannon, um, 64 years of hurt. Not quite uh, Kiladangan with 105 years of hurt. But 64 years of hurt is a long time of hurt. So this was the most dramatic of finishes to one of the most dramatic championships that has ever been played in the history of Gaelic football. Four extra times Dungannon went through. All four of their games went to extra time. They won it on penalties on the 10th penalty. On the fifth penalty, the penalty to win it, and they missed it. And they and all five penalty takers went one big round again. And it was Kieran Barker who got the 45 to to win the semi-final after extra time, who stepped up 
and smashed home the penalty to put them through. Like, I mean, if there's ever, like, there is no doubt this has never, ever been done in the history of Gaelic football. It's just incredible. When you actually add to it the Trillic to get to the final needed penalties twice themselves, like, what is going on up in Tyrone? <laughs> yeah, that, that's it, because I was thinking about... Um... You know, well, Dungannon really deserved it because he went through four extra times, but it's like Trillick went through two penalty shootouts as well. Like, God, God love them. Like, you know, but the thing about Dungannon is that they were behind in every one of those games as well. If you go right back to the start, and I thought, I didn't even think about them because they drew with Locke McCrory. So I thought, all right, they're not like, they're maybe not in contention. I thought Ardbo would beat them in the quarterfinal. They were two points down in injury time against against Locke McCrory, and it was Paddy McNulty's point to sort of save them against Ardbo. They were two points down. Paul Donahue stepped up, last kick of the game. Like he kicked a free and then kicked last kick of the game. You mentioned yeah. Kieran Barker winning it against Ergo Kieran. They were three, three down with eight minutes to go, and then. This one as well, coming from behind and, and winning it after 10 penalties. It's Sometimes it's written. That's what you said. That's what you said your dad said. Yeah. Your name's on the trophy and like this felt like it. So they were down in this game kind of twice. They got off to a terrible start. And then after half time, um, they scored 1-4 to a point. Um, as Paul Dunn, he scored a monster free. Um, you know, like kind of an inspirational score off the outside of his right boot. And then he put in a lovely high ball in for... Um, Goal scorer Patrick Quinn, who would only who come off the bench pretty early in the game because they were in trouble. He's a big target man. So now they're getting that's one one. They get on three more scores. They go one seven to five points ahead. Then they go asleep and Trillick score four in a row to go one nine to seven up. Just two minutes of normal time left. Trillick are defending champions. This game's over, but it's not because it's Dungannon. <laughs> like I mean, crazy stuff. So then, like I mean, in, in extra time, then they're ahead and. Um, Trillick, Lee Brennan, who was brilliant, he scored a brilliant goal off the outside of his right on full sprint on the run um, during the game. He got a lot of the uh, Trillick scores. Like, I mean, I don't know how these drama ebbs and flows. And, like, I mean, usually when you look traditionally at Tyrone club football over the last eight or nine years, if a team is a four-point lead, the game's over. That is not the case um, in this championship, and it's not the case in Tyrone club football for, forevermore as far as I'm concerned <laughs> yeah well that's it like teams are just trying to always find ways of hurting the other team now which is obviously a class for football and like we talk about Paul Donahue you mentioned Patrick Quinn like Patrick Quinn scored 1-5 in the last two games like coming off the bench like what what an impact when you have that to be able to mix your team up that's great and like Kiefer Morgan as well I think you mentioned him like how many times is he coming up from so I think he kicked the the equaliser in normal time as well This and, and the height they had to get in it because there were yeah. bodies around them like it's, it's just it's great stuff and great to see people trying to use their weapons yeah no it definitely is so like I mean Maddie Donnelly missed a penalty the Trillick missed two in a row which gave Dungannon the chance to to win it and it was Kieran Barker who missed that he drove it over the bar um, but every Every penalty taker got to take two, so nobody missed two penalties. So if that's any consolation, you know what I mean? It, it's absolutely, you know, it's heartbreaking on uh, Dara Gallagher who hit the post. Um, oh, that was that was in the nor- that was in the normal time um, that he that he had hit the post to give Barker the chance, and he drove it over the bar. So like, I mean, all penalty takers got one of their penalties at least. So there's something that you know to come back on because a lot of people are saying, and and I ca- kind of agree. I'm I'm totally for penalties. And there's no doubt about that. Penalties are really good, an exciting end. But when it gets to a final, Conan, would it have been a big deal to play a replay next week? You're not holding up other teams. Like, you know, say a semi-final, one goes to a replay and the other doesn't. And then one team has one week preparation for a final. The other team, you know, only is sitting around waiting for two weeks. Whereas in a final, both teams are exactly in the same boat. Do you know what I mean? In a final, I would be a little bit more like after extra time, play the replay. 
Yeah, like it's that's probably not a a bad way of looking at it. Like I, I think I would definitely still have penalties for the for the replay. You know, like I think uh, for the replay, then that's fair enough. Yeah, I would yeah. I would agree on that because I don't I don't have a problem with penalties. Like I know it's it's tough. It's a tough way to lose, and like it's it's tough for the person who misses. <laughs> except this case, because everybody can can share the blame. But you know, it's tough. It's tough on Desi Dolan for missing a last minute free. Like you have you have ways of. Of, of losing the match anyway like you know and after after a full game after extra time if it comes to penalties I'm, I'm happy with that you've had your your chance to not go to penalties and yeah yeah like no I I, I think as well actually but with Mickey Hart <laughs> they're playing Donegal in a knockout match in not that long it's, it's not far away and like to say to him now that you're not going to have these players for another week I don't know how happy he would have been with it yeah I don't know like I mean that Donegal match is a bit away there's two league games to be played before that I, I, yeah. I think on a, for a final just go to the because like I mean at one stage it's, it's actually a fact that if Dungannon had missed their final penalty the, the Tyrone County Board officers were going to go in and tell him that that was it that it was going to a replay because they had all that they had all um they had all taken a penalty twice, all five penalty takers. And at that point, it must be some sort of a rule. This is Barry O'Donnell from from the Ulster Herald was tweeting this, that the 10 designated penalty takers had taken their penalties and it would have gone to a replay. So if Trillick had scored their 10th or if Dungannon had missed their 10th, we would have seen a replay anyways. Yeah, I find that weird though because I'm just like, if you're going to have penalties and just finish it off, like, you know, it could have been the difference of one more shot each you know and that would have ended it so i didn't really agree with that but like yeah lucky for dungannon the barker just came up trumps yeah definitely so arlene foster has to go and ruin the whole thing and this stephen nolan um i don't know want to use the word that i'd like to use for that stephen nolan like how someone in his position can be as as you know biased as he is you know like i mean it's, it just doesn't make sense like that surely you when you're in that position of influence that you shouldn't be as as one-sided as he is Arlene Foster jumped on his tweet then he's complaining about the pitch invasion so she says she's deeply concerned about the images from yesterday's GA match significant milestone for Dungannon but COVID-19 is no respecter of victories um, other events being responsible sport and health will be the losers and she's asked for Ulster GA to address this serious questions arising from the videos how can Ulster GA address this like, uh, okay, all right, a pitch invasion is not ideal, but a lot of these fans are sitting near each other in in the stands. They're f- ah, look, look, it's hard to it's hard to excuse that they're, they're, it's it's not the it's not the ideal it's not the ideal situation. But Jesus Christ, sixty four years, extra time in every game, ten bloody penalties. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah um i i think it's hard for the ga to address like the pitch invasion and, and the celebrations because yeah. that would have happened anyway no matter what sort of restrictions that they put in place but i i do like sort of agree with arlene foster for once in my life like you know that it's it's not great like you know the ga have been like they've been vociferous and asking all these questions and like they've obviously been unhappy at how things have been done and it seems like that they're a bit unhappy at the the lack of trust put on them, you know, considering all the work that they've done and the capacity that they have to be able to to manage these events. But now, like we saw, I think we saw it in the hurling as well. Like you know, the the crowds are just sitting on top of each other, and the GA can organise that in big stands, and it's just it's just not a great look for them. Like that was so easy for them to come in and 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 manage that. Now I know it's it's up to different county boards and stuff like that, but the GA need to manage that from the top and make sure. That you're not not seeing a scene where everybody's sitting in the same seat, basically. Yeah, it's not it's not ideal. I saw somebody re- reply back to uh, Stephen Nolan talking about the Glen Torren fans. They were celebrating the Irish Cup win in July, 
which was a much, you know, is a pretty serious time throughout the street are all over each other. And he's not highlighting that. Do you know what I mean? So at the yeah. same time, like the GA will be definitely a little bit disappointed. Like look at look at Dublin GA. They've played their county final behind closed doors, even though they're allowed have a hundred at it. Like you know, we know the GA are being ultra ultra um, conservative, and that's why this kind of thing will probably hurt them a little bit. You know, I would imagine um, drawing attention to it in Mayo. Not more ended twenty three year wait. So. There wasn't the same kind of excitement in this one at all. Um, it never really caught to life, did it, um, Conan? Like, I mean, Knockmore got into a great, a great uh, start. Briefy took over, and then Briefy went out of it, and Knockmore took over, and that was kind of it. And like with ten minutes to go, you could only see one winner, and that was Knockmore. That's a that's a good summation of it. Like, yeah, it was one team was in control, the other team was in control, and then <laughs> and then Knockmore just went and won it. But even when Briefy were w- were in control for so long, not in control, but they were scoring the most. Like, I always thought Knockmore just looked like the better team. Like they they had way more verve in their attack. Like you know, they moved through the lines well. They always got it to a nice spot in the middle of the pitch. 50, 60 meters out from goals. They were picking nice passes inside. And the runners they had off was frightening. Yeah. Were, there was a real buzz about them when they were going forward. And they looked more defensively sound than, than briefly. Like they had Seamus Boucher as a spare man, but didn't make much of an impact. And so many times they were, they were blue and white shirts, sort of back covering space, you know. And I, I always say this, but like if you're behind a sweeper, you're wasting your time and you're actually making the sweeper redundant as well. You need to push out. If somebody's there holding it, you have to let him hold it and get the hell out. Yeah, no, it's, no, it's true. And like, I mean, Knockmore had their full forward line in their position. There was more structure. A amount of times mm. Briefy would actually attack and Maturan or somebody would have it and there's actually nobody up ahead of him then. Now, you know, like, I mean, I think I think Knockmore had a better structure in getting numbers back, but also keeping their full forward line in position. Now, to be fair, the Briefy full back line wasn't attacking not more full back line the odd time would head head on out. So like you know there is there is an element of of dragging their positions you know team out you know destroying their shape. Um, I suppose Darren McHale was the difference between the two uh, teams. He scored the four points in the second half. Very very high quality points as well, and he got the goal in the first half. The goal was set up by Peter Nocton, who scored two super points off his right foot this lad was confusing me he's wearing 13 what kind of a 13 you when, when do you ever see a right foot at 13 <laughs> like it's ridiculous like he scored a free off the right he says he's actually right footed a number 13 i don't think i've ever seen this before a number 13 is a specialist left footer and the reason i actually talk because when he set up that first goal he turned around on his left like a real you know pronounced um attempt to come in the field on his left and then double back onto his right and set up the goal and i was like how would like, you know, the, the cornerback shouldn't be falling for something like that unless his left is so dangerous that, like, he just simply had to, you know, cover in on the left. And it turns out he, didn't, he doesn't seem to use the left at all. Yeah, because initially I thought it was like that, that Joe Brawley move, you know, where it looks like you're about to swing a point off your left and then you drive on the in, inside of the defender. But, um, yeah, and, I, and for that goal that he set up, I was like, wow, he stole him with his right foot as well. This guy's got a bit of balance on him. <laughs> and then I noticed that he was just shooting with his right the whole the whole game. But I think that was probably the best palmed goal in an empty net that I've ever seen. Like, you know, the run from him and the turn from him to start off with was class. But just the weight of that hand pass over the head of two defenders, just, just far enough away from them and not too far that, that Mikhail could come diving in and, and punch it. It was sort of like a... You know, in, in soccer, they talk about putting it into the corridor of uncertainty. It was just a perfect pass across goals. It was a, it was a thing of beauty. Yeah, no, it was nice. And Darren McHale really attacked it. And like I said, scored some great points. Something about Darren McHale, whenever he scores a point, he's brilliant at coming late onto the play. So he comes at a huge burst. 
sticks it over the bar. And then might put a fist pump and sprints back somewhere. The camera can't really exactly f- figure out where he's going. Now, it, he can't be running back out to pick up his man because surely his man has followed him in. Where is Darren McHale sprinting to after he gets the score? Now, I, I tweeted about this. And now when he got his last score, he actually didn't. He was wrecked. He didn't actually <laughs> run back out anywhere. But after the other scores, he's legging it somewhere, Conan. Where is he going? <laughs> I was wondering because he's playing centre forward and he was flying down the pitch as if he was going back in the cornerback. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like when a goalkeeper scores a penalty. Yeah. And uh, like there's part of me was looking at it going, that, that's great because it is. I think it's the best celebration. You're just running back into your position as if to say, I do this every week. Like this is fine. Like, you know, but um, you're right. He was absolutely for the last one and he just didn't move he just sat puffing and panting but um but no I, I think it's good to see he score a class point and the points that he was he was scoring were amazing and then just bang straight back in the action mode yeah the Aiden O'Shea inside didn't work at all like I mean not more dropped a midfielder back in front of him and that just that option wasn't there so they had to abandon it and the ball into the full forward line for briefly just wasn't wasn't really there so it was hard to actually decipher what you know what briefly you know kind of did their inside forward line got very little service and they weren't really running it. I do think Knockmore played had a nice little balance between getting bodies back and they did get a lot of bodies back, but also being able to break at pace and give in a ball, you know, to a full forward line that more or less held their positions. And if they needed to break a few lines, they had players to break lines. They had a nice balance to them, even though I wouldn't say, I do think Mayo football has definitely gone backwards as regards standards. And I think too many of the, the teams are playing probably a bit too much of a defensive style, which is surprising for Mayo. Mm. O'Shea's a weird one as well, isn't he? Like about ten minutes into the second half, he had a he had a good goal chance. But yeah. he didn't even look at the next yeah. he was about eleven meters out and he just kept going until he, he felt the contact. It's like it's like he's only comfortable when he has men hanging off him and fighting him. <laughs> like, you know, yeah. Well he's no he he I don't think he's any confidence in shooting. He's very little confidence. Like I mean, he's not he wouldn't be the most accurate player. And you're right, that time he was so indecisive in that there was a player to his left or he had a shot on and he didn't either. He just kept running into a into you know, into a man and getting bottled up. So like I mean, I do definitely think the closer he gets to goals, he's instinct is to be laying it off you know that's what he feels comfortable doing um but you're right that was a half chance and they had chances at the end like I mean Tommy O'Reilly kicked an unforgivable free oh. wide and then Matt Ruan had a chance that was going to put one in and Matt Ruan had a chance off his left and it was a terrible wide even though he had a brilliant first half and some nice scores like I mean you know they just didn't another loss for them like it's four finals now and like briefly unfortunately when you look at this, like I always think when you see Ballon Tubber winning a county final and it always crosses my mind, well, there at least Alan Dillon and the O'Connors and these lads, they have some kind of joy in their lives after all the All-Irelands they've lost at senior. And then you see Kevin McLaughlin with the cup and I had the exact same feeling when I saw him with the cup. Isn't The feeling I get is, isn't that nice? You yeah. know? And then you see a picture of Aidan O'Shea sitting on the ground after four county final losses, after all the All-Ireland final losses. What are they thinking? Yeah, and like that—that's four finals and three different teams that they've lost to as well. Like you know, it's yeah, like... and nearly point losses too. Like Bell and Tubber losses. They lost once to Castle yeah. Bar and lost this one. Um, it was two in the end, but like those misses at the end will haunt them as well. They will, and like I think it was their last attack. Seamus Wache was twenty meters out, and he just took a bad solo when it went up above his head, and he just got stripped of the ball, and just yeah. and like they had there were six minutes added on. I think they played it with seven and a half minutes, and you know they had the chances to to come back into the game, and they just. 
they just never looked like they were going to. No, they never did. Three in a row for Cargan in Antrim. So this was a brilliant uh, final, the same as last year's final, 122 to 119 after extra time. These two teams are in the same parish, Cargan and Craig and Kickhams. They played a final in 2018, Conan, and the final score was 5-4. So if this isn't an advertisement for the way we say football's turned a corner, we don't need the offensive mark. The Ant- Look at the Antrim case study. 2018, it was 5-4. This year, it was 122-119 to with the two very same teams. I rest my case, Conan. There is no further argument in this. The next time I tell everybody to relax during rule changes, <laughs> I'm going to point out this case study. Yeah, well, that's it. So we can twist this in to get rid of the advanced marker. We can talk a little bit about uh, Cargan because their manager is Damien Cassidy from Derry. Now, we know club managers are no different to intercounty managers. They like to blow their own trumpet at times. They like to tell, tell you what a great job they've done, what a low ebb this team was on when I took over, and look what I've done. Now, he's won three in a row with them. And you'd have to say their three in a row has been incredibly impressive. Like, they're a clutch team. Like I said, 5-4 and 18 after extra time in 19 and after extra time in 20. Like, that's some going um, when you need players to stand up and be counted and win difficult games. But this is what I take exception to. This is Carrigan's first three in a row, he said. It's, it's historic. We came in three years ago, and the chance of winning three in a row at that stage had gone from them. And they looked like a demoralised squad. Like, they, la- they had a bad year in 2017, but they won it in 15 and 16. Breaking St. Gauls, who had won it eight in a row, did, did stop their dominance, won it twice, then had a bad year in 17, and have now won it three years in a row. Damien Cassidy, you haven't turned water into wine here. <laughs> it's like Josie Mourinho trying to pretend like <laughs> yeah. United are nobodies. <laughs> and winning the League Cup's a, a huge achievement. Like, Yeah, like I'm a, I'm a big fan of Damien Cassidy. His dairy team were really exciting. Uh, I think he probably, I, w- I would have liked to see him getting a bit more time. Like he, he seems a real serious man and they played good football. Then he did really well with Clano and Tyrone. And now he's won three in a row with, with Carrigan. But yeah, like Carrigan were always like number two to St. Gauls. And then they, they overtook St. Gauls and they've been the number one team. Like so anytime they haven't won it, it's, 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 that's the anomaly. You know, so like it's great that they've done three in a row and Cassidy deserves great credit but like they are the best team in Antrim and they're the best club in Antrim for the last while yeah for the last while that's fair enough but to be fair they keep pulling it out in these in these close games so that you know des- deserve an awful lot of uh, credit for that Toros Strain um, did five in a row in Sligo it's never been done before now they're the dominant team um, Toros Strain they're the dominant team in Sligo. We know that, but they never done five in a row. Nobody had done five in a row. So they won. Uh, they beat Drumcliff uh, Ross's point by three points yesterday. The big score in this game was Pat Hart penalty. Um, six minutes of normal time left. There was only two in it at that stage. That put five in it. You know yourself. That's the end of. That's the end of it. Pat Hart name might jump out at you. I had to Google this. I was like Pat Hart. That little fella used to play for Ballina. He played. He. Played in 05 for Ballina against us in an All-Ireland final. Oh, wow. So it is that Pat Hart. He's about 37, 38. He's transferred to them. And who did he put the penalty past? Paul Durkin. Paul Durkin, who won an All-Ireland club from Donegal, won an All-Ireland club with uh, with Ballyboden St. Enders, saving a, a guaranteed goal against Portlaoise in the final with his fingertips from Brian McCormack. Other than that, Portlaoise could be all in club finals. Heads off to the bloody Middle East then is the last I'd heard of him. And now he's re- <laughs> now he's reappearing um, uh, for for Trump Cliff Ross's point in Sligo. What? Yeah. <laughs> I completely missed this. Like, that's, that's really like, if, if he's playing in Sligo, we might as well just go on up the road and play in Donegal again. Like that's a... Uh... <laughs> 
that's a strange one. It's definitely um, a strange one. There's no doubt about that. So it's like two transfers in this game. Um, it was Sean Waldron. Hit, he hit a goal back for Drumcliff Ross's point, but it was a bit too late. It was too late um, at that stage. So um, Toril Strand, um, fair play, five in a row, never been done before. Definitely deserve, uh, definitely deserve a shout out um, on the show. In Roscommon, Podrick Pierce, it's all it's all county finals at the moment. Um, St. Bridget's, we talked these up, convincing winners against Podrick Pierce's, who to be fair weren't too convincing in their semi-final, even though they were, they were the better team in a poor standard match. We were mentioning St. Bridget's last week. It was final score was 111 um, to 8 points. Uh, St. Bridget's being a young team. So as it turns out, they only have five players left from the Ireland Club uh, final in 2012, which is seven years ago. Their manager, Benny O'Brien, as we were mentioning, um, some of his quotes last Thursday, he was in the management team then. Four starters haven't turned 20 and two more still in secondary school that are going to play a county minor final next weekend. That's how young St. Bridget's are. So keep an eye out for this St. Bridget's team. They have tradition, um, you know, and they're back with a new team and they've beaten the current uh, county champions, Podrick Pierce's. Convincingly, you'd say in the end, it was a dogfight up until the 42nd minute. Brian Stack um, scored a goal. That put them a bit like uh, Toral Strand. Um, that put them five points clear. There was only two in it at that stage. You know what I mean? You're two up, and then you score a goal. And now, instead of this being oh shit, you know, <laughs> this is touch and go. Now you've breathing space. It's it's massive when you get a goal when you're that couple of points ahead. Mm. And like that's that's class. That's there from from Bridges. Like all those young players. Like it's always worrying. You know, when you have a team that's doing so well, like what's what's coming after him? But that reminded me of uh, Kevin O'Boyle, the, the Cargan cornerback. He had a really nice interview afterwards just talking about all he wants to do and all the team wants to do is just inspire the next generation just to have a group of players coming through and enjoying football as much as they do. And obviously that's working in St. Bridget's as well, those successful teams. Well, that's it, isn't that? What's the cliche? Well, listen, to be honest... Oh, my motivation was always just to leave the jersey in a better place than where I got it. <laughs> <laughs> I'd rather leave it in a... No, no, I was going to say I'd rather leave it in a worse place for the person... No, no, you, don't, you definitely want to leave it in a better place, but you don't want the person coming after you to... <laughs> to, to, leave it it, yeah, to leave it in a better place again, or else you, what have you done? You, yeah. definitely, you definitely wanted to go downhill for at least a year when you leave and then rise it up again, so that at least you get one year when you finish up by saying, geez, he's a terrible loss, isn't he? Like, God <laughs> almighty, we never thought we would have missed him that much. So if they win it the year after you leave it, like, you're completely, immediately forgotten. I always think about Tomas O'Shea and Paul Galvin in that context, when they both left and they won it, like two legends of the game and they missed out in 2014. And at that stage then, you can't be missed if you've won it the year you left. <laughs> yeah, that's that's true. Like you're, um, you're nobody. Like in fairness for Thomas O'Shea and Paul Galvin, obviously. They're they probably, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I mean, they'll always, they, they'll be remembered, but they can't be missed because they, <laughs> they won it when they left. Yeah, and everyone's raving about this Donahue Walsh lad and how underrated he's been his whole career. And <laughs> Paul Galvin who? Yeah, exactly. So Slot Nail beat the Glen in uh, and I saw a funny tweet from Catter O'Kane about uh, about this. So Slot Nail beat the Glen there in the final. Um so he said the Glen going for the tactic of trying to fool their neighbours Slot Nail by changing all the numbers from the team list for a game against their nearest rivals from a mile down the road who wouldn't need a number to know who they're marking. Isn't that a classic? You couldn't make this kind of stuff up. This is somebody trying to be very, very clever. Where? Did, what are they getting out of this? <laughs> I don't know. And I saw like Kahar getting a bit of backlash as well. People 
writing them saying, did you never hear of fucking squad numbers? <laughs> like they changed their squad numbers. That's, that's his point. Like, and, and you're right. Like, yeah, they, they, they're literally a mile apart. They know each other inside out. But also we're talking about Slack Neil here, a, a sophisticated outfit who know who every player in the squad is, no matter who they're playing, especially in a knockout quarterfinal. So yeah, I don't know. It was a bit of a pointless effort. All right to do it in under 16 level, but maybe not at this level. But that was a quarterfinal or was it a semifinal? That was quarterfinal, so they're in the semis. It's actually a really nice semifinal. It's Stockneil v Ballanderry and Maharafeld v Loop. So it's all they're close enough teams, and they're all the, the best teams, probably. All right, Maharafeld the Loop won easily. I, I I was wondering. I thought they were semifinals. I was wondering who had beaten Maharafeld, but they're they're still in it. Yeah, they're playing Loop now in the semis, so the champions are still there. Right. Okay. Um, Kilku. Um, they won again in down. I think I've wrapped up most of the of the finals. Um, Semi final: Tullamore beat for ban and penalties ten nine. Huge excitement in that as well. What is it about all the extra time and the penalties? Here, this is the question I'm wondering: Does this happen every year, and we don't cover club matches until pretty much the finals, or is this just a completely unique year where we've never seen this before, or? Is, We've never seen penalties before, so we're talking about them more. And usually, it might be extra time in a replay. I still don't remember that many extra times in replays in in latter stages of club championship matches. Is, is everybody just enjoying themselves more and playing football? <laughs> you know, because they haven't played for so long. The, the season's obviously way shorter, and it's like no, but like you don't have enough shit that's happening through the season to drop your head so quickly. So it's like every everybody's just going at it, and nobody's giving up. There's so many comebacks, so much extra time, as you say, and. And like I've never seen as many. Like obviously, obviously penalties has never happened before. But like I've never seen as many extra time games. Like finish on a draw after extra time. Yeah, <laughs> it's amazing how close it is. No, it definitely is. So that um, yeah, that was ten nine on penalties, which is even more just as exciting as Dungannon and Tullamore beat the current holders for ban. So they are out. Final word, like I saying, was goes to Mickey Moore and this from Connor Laverty. So they've all collected their ninth. Um, county championship. They lost. They lost the final two years ago. They lost their title, and Mickey Moran came in and they won it last year. Got to the other final and have retained it. Um, this year he says Mickey Moran. This is in his speech. He's joined captain. He's captain on his own last year. So he did such a good job. They didn't want to change it. So they just stuck him in. Uh, obviously, along maybe with new captain or maybe did they have joint captains last year? Maybe that's. I'm just thinking. Look, I'm thinking on my feet here, and I probably shouldn't be. Uh, Mickey Moran, you've managed in different counties and in different clubs, but in Kilku, you'll be worshipped here until the day and hour when we all go to our graves. Wow. Let's just leave it at that. Nobody's ever said anything as nice as that to him in Derry. <laughs> <laughs> you know i really I, I do hate the the treatment that he got in Derry. like he, he took them twice obviously he was uh really respected for the 93 wins and, and having such an influential partner team talk in, in the semi-final against dublin um when he took Derry, he took a nothing team then at the start of the noddies and he, he brought them to an all in semi-final they were class in 2005 as well they played amazing football but just never seemed to be loved the way the way he should be and and he's such a such a gentleman as well. I've never met somebody as nice and somebody who I want to talk to about football as much as, as Mickey Moore. And he seems to be loved everywhere, like, you know, all the other counties that he's managed and in Jordanstown as well, all the players that came through there and obviously in Kilcoo, but it's just not Derry. <laughs> yeah, definitely not. Final, final word goes to our own Connor Heenahan, who didn't do the show today. He had a day off. Um, I'm sure his plans for today would have been happier than the plant than how it's turned out they were beaten by Bala 
um, beaten by four points. It didn't really show up in the night from what I um, um, learned about it. So commiserations to Kilshima. Um, you will be back. Um, not much to say, more to say about that. Conan losing a county final is is never is never that easy. Although it will be uh, maybe motivation for him to stay on. He was talking about it. it sounded like he was going to retire. Thirty six losing a county final so close. You'd have won it. Yeah, I think it'll be hard to walk away from thinking like we're just talking about leaving the jersey in a better place. What if they win it now next year? <laughs> Connor Heenan's hung up his boot. <laughs> right. Okay. Well, listen. Uh, commiserations to Connor. That's not an easy easy place no. to be in. And uh, best wishes from the show. We'll talk to you on Thursday. Right. We'll leave it there, Connor. We'll be back on Thursday. We'll preview loads more county finals coming up next weekend. So we'll talk to you then. Good luck. Yet. It took me a long time to get here. Both parents have, have spoken with each other and uh, um, they regret what happened. They've had a frank discussion with each other and they're, they're both of them are keen to, to now focus on getting back to their county jerseys. That these fellas will get such a f***ing shell shock next Saturday evening that we'll put them back in their f***ing for Subtle results, still you, but with fewer lines. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, is a prescription medicine used to temporarily make moderate to severe frown lines, crow's feet, and forehead lines look better in adults. Effects of Botox Cosmetic may spread hours to weeks after injection, causing serious symptoms. Alert your doctor right away as difficulties swallowing, speaking, breathing, eye problems, or muscle weakness may be a sign of a life-threatening condition. Patients with these conditions before injection are at highest risk. Don't receive Botox Cosmetic if you have a skin infection. Side effects may include allergic reactions, injection site pain, headache, eyebrow and eyelid drooping, and eyelid swelling. Allergic reactions can include rash, welts, asthma symptoms, and dizziness. Tell your doctor about medical history, muscle or nerve conditions including ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease, myasthenia gravis, or Lambert-Eaton syndrome and medications, including botulinum toxins, as these may increase the risk of serious side effects. For full safety information, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. See for yourself at BotoxCosmetic.com.